Oh, it's your favorite time of the week. All your work is done, and it's time to relax. So come, grab some friends, and let's get lit and join the rotation. You are now in the rotation with Suncoast Normal. We are your host, your Suncoast Normal Executive Board, and we say it's time to legalize it. The reggae music has already stopped, but um, yeah, okay. we're, we're live. I mean, I'm not I'm, I'm going to learn for yourself. I'm now. still listening to it in my head. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay, I, so we're live? Yeah. In that case, <clears throat> it's time to rip off the mask and get to the task before they can't let us wear masks anymore. I'm not going to let them stop me from wearing masks. I deserve to have liberties, don't you think? Um, oh, my microphone's over here. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so, so you're, you're, that's, that's a big issue, man, because like that's become like your signature. And quite honestly, you don't, we're, we're not doing it anymore. You're not, you're kind of weird here in Ybor City. Okay. Well, wearing your mask. Well, first I mean, and children, we still require it, but. Have you, been, have you been doing those four locos in the morning before I got here? All types of four locos. I am drunk. Well, let me just I'm tell just you this. I'm not drunk. I'm very drunk. <laughs> I, I am your political director of Suncoast Normal, Gary Stein, and this is my co-host <clears throat> and semi-Cuban, Carlos Armida. Just a little bit. I'm Carlos. And we, we are here in Ybor City where it all began. And someone had asked me a while ago, Gary, you're so big on masks and all that kind of stuff. Why aren't you wearing one at least one foot away from this guy? And well, first off, you should be. Does he look like he could harm anybody? Yes. I mean, seriously. I can. But the fact is, they actually with, it, with the virus. <laughs> Carlos actually had the virus uh, <laughs> early on and, and got himself some nice antibodies and things of that sort. And I don't so, think that works that way anymore, man. I because uh, that happened like a year ago. It did, but you you did get some level of immune. How, 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 how long are you immune if you get the virus? Uh, Forever? It, Do I not need to get vaccinated? All the all the vaccines. Do smoke weed? Oh, well, there you go. You're all set. Okay. Cool. I'm done. Well, you know, we, cannabis does reduce inflammation. Inflammation is one of the, one of the reasons we have situations with cytokine storms and things of that sort with the virus. However, you should know that. We haven't quite like, got all the proof yet that it does knock down COVID. At least it makes it weaker, but uh, it, it helps out with symptoms. The fact is, I am vaccinated. Carlos, you vaccinated yet? No, I'm not vaccinated yet. But this is my vaccine. Oh, oh, yeah. Put that in your shoulder. <coughs> I'm gonna kick us off the face. So, 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 so what? <coughs> I'll, I'll wait till you finish. No, keep talking. This is like a show. Okay. <laughs> we gotta keep things interesting. Yeah, right. Oh my goodness, now my glasses are coming down. <laughs> you want some? No, nah, not yet. Not yet? Okay. <laughs> you lose it sometimes in the show. So we need to discuss what's been happening in this last this this last week and month and things of that sort in regards to cannabis here in the state of Florida. Obviously the the rules and the laws, they ain't have they ain't changing anyway. Wow. Mm-hmm. We thought we were going to get something done this last year, but uh, 
the powers that be, including all the advocates that be and the MMTCs that support the advocates that be, all concentrated on, on the uh, the THC cap, which didn't happen anyway. But then again, neither did anything else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That, that's just the way it happened. Nothing. So what's been going on in the background with all the rest of the things that we're looking at right now? We're still waiting for a bill to allow for, for adult use, all six of those side. And we still <clears throat> are trying to get possibly a ballot measure. Now we know that the uh, Make It Legal Florida ballot measure did die in the Supreme Court, so we're gonna have to start it all over again. Mm -hmm. And regulate Florida, well, we still haven't gotten the uh, Supreme Court ruling on whether or not it can be on the ballot. And if it does, they have to go ahead and, and get uh, three quarters of a million petitions to get it going forward. Is it still possible for the regulate Florida petition to like like be on the ballot and then uh, make it legal? Florida is not. That's like the possibility right now. If, but not likely. No. Well, the thing again, if the Supreme Court allows it, we have to give it sunglasses. They don't fit on me anymore. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, if, if, if the Supreme Court gives them the, the go-ahead, they're going to have to go ahead and get like three-quarters of a million petitions to go ahead and get it on the ballot. Here's the problem. Ball, uh, petition drives cost money. Uh -huh. And you need, you need to kind of like pay folks to go out and get signatures or unless you really find a whole bunch of people who are willing to work for free. And in this day and age, who can work for free when we're all kind of struggling, especially during COVID? Oh, and uh, our wonderful legislature, there we go, I'm going to get go with that. <laughs> two glasses. Yes, one for each. Whoa. Uh, anyways. <laughs> anyways. Mm. So we we are going to have a hard time raising the money to do petitions from now on in because we have a new law in place that uh, says you can't give any more than $3,000 to a ballot campaign. And the ones that actually made it in the past were the ones that got multi-million dollar donations in regards to the uh, legal Florida. They had backing from MedMen, which obviously they can't get as much of that from out of them right now. Boat hasn't sailed, but it definitely has been sinking for quite a while. Yeah. And uh, also Sutera put money in there. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's another funny story about Sutera. i got to tell you about this in a minute. And Regulate Florida, well, of course, they were backed by... <clears throat> number of MMTCs, including Trulies, uh, but never got as much money as the other folks did. Right. And of course, Amendment 2, we know that John Morgan put in millions and millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And uh, So we need like three John Morgans now. We, we, we need a whole bunch of people who can put in $3,000 a piece. Well, I'm talking about thousands. Thousands? To make people like, do the math. Do the math. I'm not good at math. See, here's the problem. We have an industry right now which relies on, on corporate uh -huh. to, to move forward. I'm, I'm, I gotta admit, I was naive when I first started working on uh, in the cannabis here in Florida. I thought it was all about the patients. I thought it was all about getting people access to the plants so they could use it as medicine. And I didn't see that corporate tsunami uh, about to, to overcome me behind my head. Yeah. If I had paid more attention to what's going on in Colorado and in California, I probably would have seen it. <clears throat> I, I kind of feel that you're right. And I think uh, I, I had a big feeling during the medical marijuana, being the awesome pothead that I am, that they were trying to suppress my potheadness. And I'll tell you what, uh, what I'm talking about. Like United for Care, whenever you're volunteering and getting petitions signed for United for 
care. No, it's Florida for care. Or Florida for care. You had to, it was United for care. You had to, you, no pot leaves were supposed to be on you, right? You were supposed to wear United for care shirt. Yeah, you were in the hot sun and probably sweating, but you were supposed to be somewhat presentable. Um, there were times when we were doing like the big joint for normal and we had uh, United for care petitions, Amendment 2 petitions on, on the table. And they would come and ask us to take off the petitions because we had the giant blood. And then I've even had bosses and like cannabis companies that would tell me not to laugh because I got a pothead laugh. And <laughs> that would that would make us look bad. So there was like this huge push to get away from this potheadness. It's all about medicine. It's all about medical marijuana. There was a push to bow down to our uh, our, our opposition, the conservative opposition. Well, you just happen to like that one character from Fast Time at Ridgemont High. What was that guy's name? Uh, Spicoli. Spicoli, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a Spicoli name. I'm a Spicoli? <laughs> Is it not obvious? <laughs> so, so there, I, I, I'm a little sea saves the day at the end. But, um, <laughs> so, so there is this big, big push to be like, you, you know what, this isn't about potheads, this was about medicine, but it really seemed to me that it wasn't necessarily about the medicine because the people that need medical marijuana, I don't give a shit about who, who gives it to you if you're a pot, pothead or, or not, you know, they don't give a shit what you call it, they don't give a shit if you guys stone or that, right? They just want their fucking medicine. So... It, it really seemed like there was this disconnect between the medical marijuana com- community and the medical marijuana activism. And I suspect that it was really just to bow down to our opposition. Don't act the way our opposition dislikes, <laughs> right? Don't change yourself. Be different. Don't show them that you're awesome, right? Just be different. Be like them. You know, and it, it felt like we were bowing down to corporate cannabis. And I really feel that's what happened. The medical marijuana kind of fucked up because we were bowing down to our opposition instead of embracing the people that already embraced the marijuana movement and, and cannabis in general. Well, you think that with Mark Zuckerberg wanting to walk around in a black t-shirt all the time would have changed the uniform of, of corporate America, right? Right. But uh, sometimes you have to like gauge yourself as to who your audience is to make sure they're receptive to your message. Now, when I go to Tallahassee, I, I, don't, I don't go around in a t-shirt uh, with, with anything on it, because that's what I walk with my with suit and tie. Why? Because that's how the, the uh, representatives and the senators dress. And when you walk in there with a suit and tie, they're more likely to listen to you. I hear you. And yeah, you're absolutely right. But here's the thing. There's a distinct difference between that and activism. What you're doing there is you're actually marketing yourself. You're branding yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You're not being an activist. To me, activism is about educating you, right? Telling the truth. Right. So if you're changing who you are and your, your perception of yourself, you tend to lean away from the activism side side of things and you go towards the marketing side of things, which then becomes, OK, we're getting ready for corporate cannabis. Well, marketing also is about the, uh, the message and, and how the message comes across. Uh-huh. And basically, I, I might bring, uh, bring the message that I work corporate because I happen to wear a suit and tie. I'm wearing a tie because Sunday. And but I do have you know these nice little leaves on my my lapel. Yeah, you do. So, so they got an idea that I'm not exactly as buttoned down as I look. However, I am towing the line so that we can have a discussion. Because the bottom line, what it comes down to is they did restrict the amount of money that could go into ballot measures. They did not restrict the money that could go into into campaigns. 
Oh, really? Into, Cal- into politicians. So politicians can still get a bunch of money, but uh, when the people want to change the law and take it upon themselves to change the law, yeah, they're getting a shit ton of money. And when it comes to money, obviously nice. corporate America has more money than blue-collar America or even white-collar America. And he said, well, yeah, there are individuals that are very, very rich. I said, yeah, they're very, very rich because they're connected to corporations. Yes. <laughs> so it, it, all, it all comes full circle. Those trillionaires did, you know, didn't just uh, walk around and find it under a sewer grating and say, I got the golden ticket. Right. That, that's not the way it works. But they did manage to walk, to have a nice little lot of cash that they can use to try to influence people. Mm-hmm. And by the way, an influencer is different from an expert, guys. Yes. <laughs> I think we, we, we make, to make a point of that. But let's, we'll get to that at a different time. The thing is, Corporate folks have no limits on how much they can put a financial uh, incentive into the minds of uh, representatives and political types. And people have, have complained oftentimes on the little scroll there saying that uh, we're spending too much time when we're talking about politics. Uh-huh. Do, we, do you think we really do talk about too much about, about politics? I mean, because I can discuss God if you like. I don't. I, I mean, we can talk about God all day, man, and, and, and that's funny for me, but. I mean, we're, we are a politically, political advocacy group. Yeah. We, we are here to educate about politics. And so I think we have to talk about politics, really. And, uh, and you can write this down on, on, your, on your mirror in your, living, your, in your bathroom or whatever. But the thing is, here's something you need to remember. And that is that the prohibition of cannabis was not a grassroots movement. No. Plain and simple. Corporate it was a corporate movement that combined itself with the political movement at the time, and they got the prohibition to be put into place. Mm-hmm. So the only way to remove it is to go through the realm of politics. Politics got us into this mess, and politics is going to get us out, hopefully. We have, to, we have to play this game. We can't just say, I want to free the plant, which is a very nice thought, but in and of itself does nothing. Other than let people know exactly where you stand, but you should always let people know where you stand. It's like I want to free the plant, but I I don't want to get involved in politics. So I'll free it from what? Yeah. So that so that, that those are the folks who, who uh, will and God bless them all end up uh, still keeping tight with the guy on the corner. So hopefully, the guy on the corner actually has actually decent stuff as opposed to what a lot of, what a lot of else is in the black market out there right now. All right, the legacy market. Yeah, the legacy market. Now that said, that said, it, it is almost supposed to be a <clears throat> assumed given mm-hmm. that the product from the NMTC is the best it could possibly be. It is tested, inspected, and <clears throat> certain to, to be a, a glowing example I mean, of the perfect plan. We're paying a lot of money for it, right? We are definitely and, paying money for and, it. And you know, if corporations have the ability to be so influential, right? Wouldn't they be able to put that money into their product? You'd think. You'd think. I mean, I mean, what is the bottom line of the dispensaries out there, not just in Florida, but across the country? What is their bottom line? Is their bottom line to make the most amount of profit? Or uh, is their bottom line to make the best product well, they're, for, they're, the, for the patient? They're corporations. So then their, their bottom line is to increase shareholders' wealth. Yeah, that's what happens. And we've been getting some. Uh, I'm, some I got an MBA. Oh, really? Yeah, what does that stand for? Uh, the National Basketball Association. Well, there you go. National Basketball Association. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
got a couple articles here that I, I pulled out from the, uh, the news that was this last week, just giving an idea as to what things are going on out there. And very interesting uh, piece of, of news here where we're talking about the fact that cannabis company executives actually saw double-digit salary gains in the first quarter of this year, even though there is a shortage of experienced workers out there. So we're talking about people who are now getting you know, high six-figure jobs and sometimes even more, whereas one of the employees getting in the state of Florida as far as salary is concerned. There are folks who are getting paid $8 an hour, $9 an hour, $10 an hour, $11 an hour. It seems to cap there in, in many of the places right here. Other Should places around the country? Really the Walmart of weed, <laughs> if you will. If you will. Uh, but uh, there are dispensaries across the country who, if they have a good cultivator, We'll pay them $18, $19 an hour because they are of, of value because those are the people that make certain if they're properly qualified and if they have the great knowledge base to make a better product. There seems to be crazy turnaround in these places, man. You can really tell. And you look up like these job ratings on Indeed, you really see like a lot of people complaining about these places. Um, yeah, dude, like there's a lot of people that have had jobs here because they worked in a grow facility and they they were upset about it, you know. Um, there's a lot of people that, that work in the dispensaries trying to get jobs at Jones. So, yeah, you're right. Now, I Their employees hate it there. When I started doing some uh, tours of, of some growers at the, at the beginning of this industry, uh, I thought I, I would go into a place and I would see uh, there would be spider mite webs on the uh, on the plants, or there would be powdery mildew. So if you Hold one of the buds that was sitting in the drying tray would actually crumble inside your hands because it was hollow on the other side. And I said, these are not the perfect buds, are they? Well, of course, they didn't have uh, quote-unquote smokable flower there, what I call whole flower, yeah. for sale. So it didn't really make any difference what the bud looked like because as far as they were concerned, they were going to grind it up and they were going to heat it. So all those alcohol, the spider mite meds got, got burned off and then turn it to concentrate your tinctures and things of that sort, and welcome to your world. Yo, and these places have like passed a, a, a fucking merit-based program from the Department of Health in right. society cannabis. Like, the, the whole reason why they got picked was because they, we were supposed to avoid situations like that. You can't give people with, with that are fucking sick, that are medical marijuana patients, mold. You can't. You want to smoke mold? And that's, that's the other thing. I'm going to do another dab. If, <laughs> if we have a Department of Health that is doing proper inspections and, and sending samples off to labs for, for checking for God knows what, how often do they do it? And how is it that these kind of things go on and they aren't caught ahead of time? Mm -hmm. On the other hand, if they are caught ahead of time, that's actually a good thing. Because that means that there's actually a, uh, a concern about safety that is out there that is propelling the way that the, uh, the program is being implemented. Mm -hmm. And I I don't see enough of that. Uh, there was actually some money that was allocated for the Department of Health to do random testing of edibles and things of that sort, a couple, four, about $4 million, and that bill died at the yeah. end. So we're, we're still in the same situation where we are highly reliant on the uh, MMTCs to, to do their own testing. And <clears throat> It, it reminds me of one time not too long ago that I was going around to the various CBD shops, not yours, of course, and I asked them, uh, this product here, I don't see a, uh, a COA on that. They said, well, we don't give, make, give it, um, we don't let the people look at that. This is our private property. And I oh, really? And I said, uh, well, who does it? <laughs> and I said, well, we, we, we probably should have maybe a third party 
uh, lab come in here and actually do testing. <coughs> we don't need a third party lab. We have our own. What is wrong with this picture, right? <coughs> I guess that comes Nobody's forward. holding them accountable. Nobody's, if, if you find how to email you and your shit, you still want to sell it for a profit, you, you have the right to do that. Nobody else knows. You have to have their party address. Yeah, the question is, how many times is this caught in the public? And how many times are crops destroyed? Every once in a while, they do catch it. They do destroy the, the, the crop, and they have to, to pick up more from, from another uh, dispensary. In fact, I know that uh, Altmed truly, Altmed uh, Move has several times sold <coughs> hundreds of hundreds of pounds of, uh, of harvest to other dispensaries to make up for the fact the harvest did die. And that, again, that, that's a good thing because that means that they are being vigilant, and these things happen in Florida. That it, it's not as easy as growing tomatoes. As <laughs> you, you might think so. You might think so. In fact, there was a new dispensary just opened up. Talking shit about tomatoes. I am not talking to you about you in particular. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is that the dispensary now? Did you lose? Did I fuck up your train of thought? Here? Yeah, no, no. My, my train of thought is right there. It's just sitting at the station right now, waiting for you to finish. I didn't do it. I wasn't going to finish. Oh, okay. The, the, well, I was going to say that a new dispensary just opened up a little while ago that me that mentioned that they were specialists in growing roses, which is wonderful because I love roses. Uh, but they also said that, uh, and uh, this kind of went viral for a little while, that uh, there's no real difference between growing roses and growing cannabis. And then, but the folks who knew better said, I love their freaking minds. I mean, this is, we're not talking about a perennial here. We're not talking about a flower. We are talking about a flowering plant, but it doesn't nearly have any of the, the growing cycle that, that, that a rose does. Uh -huh. So that, that, that there's a whole different animal when it comes to growing it, but it, it's not it's a different kind of flower. It's a different kind of flower, and it, like I said, it's it's totally different from growing tomatoes. Mm -hmm. Folks do are, are are talking about we want home grow. Well, I'm certain there's a lot of folks out there who have the ability to do home grow well, but it's not a matter of just taking some seeds and throwing them in your front yard and seeing how well they grow, mm -hmm. it, because that is not going to get you the kind of product that you want. I mean, we have some pretty decent product out there that's, that has high potency, that has a high amount of terpenes and things of that sort. And that's because these plants were hybrided with love and respect and with science and, and moved the, 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 the quality of the product up. It's not a matter of just throwing it back into the ground, which is what they used to do in New Orleans. Back, in fact, in, in Ebor back in the 1920s and 30s, they were, they were you know, throwing seeds in the backyard and they were growing it and in between the weeds. Mm -hmm. And they would just you know pick out whatever they wanted into that sort. It was not the kind of stuff we have today, obviously. Right. It, it was the brick kind of weed stuff, and they couldn't test their weed. Yeah, exactly. No, I you know I, I'm I'm the OG here. I was the guy who was smoking the brick weed back in the 1970s and 80s. That's great, Rupert. But this stuff was absolutely miraculously bad. But we didn't know that that's basically all we had. We, I smoked bad weed, man. We, we, we had some Panama Red every once in a while. We had some Acapulco Gold. We had some Thai Stick. And the rest of it was this brown brick weed that we get. Actually, the first ounce that I got was $16. Uh -huh. It'd be envious, but you don't know what the hell I'm smoking. <laughs> <laughs> I would buy, I would get, you know, like when I was younger, everybody goes to that uh, weed stage where like, you're buying weed from you know, somebody yeah. that don't know 
and it's fucking brown and it's just breaks apart and it's probably got a lot of mold on it. And that shit was like, I used to sell that shit, that shit was bad. And I was like, I like my stuff now. I remember the first time I came across a beautiful nut of White Widow and it changed my mind, changed my life. Did you look at it really close? And then there was this time like back in the day when like all weed was either uh, reds or crippy. Crippy was good, and uh, reds was regular. And then mids. And then, and then mids started. Those were the three strings, reds, mids, and crippy. Now, there, there, there's actually some mids out there right now coming out of it. It might be mixed in. It might be listed by itself, but it, it is out there. It might be listed as ground flower. Well, that is a possibility, too. And that's why it's important to have testing. That's why it's important to... To look at the product you get when you get home. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have this terrible habit of, you know, so as I get home, I will go ahead and put whatever I have on my scale and make sure that I actually got 3.5 grams within 0.01 How often is it, is it off? Often. Okay. Which is funny because, you know, I don't have, a, I don't have the money to buy very much. Uh-huh. So I definitely want to make certain every, every brand counts. But there's been a number of times that I've gotten 3.2, 3.1. But on the other hand, there's been some other guys who actually gave me 3.6, 3.7, 3.8, and I love you guys, and I'm not going to say who it was because I don't want to get you in trouble. How much is that? But the fact is, it does happen from time to time, and that's a matter of portion control, it's a matter of quality control, and that's a matter of having quality employees on your staff who are doing the packaging. Mm. And again, you, got, you get what you pay for. When you're we're having this thing about everybody's concerned about about the shortages of employees right now. Why we're saying that, well, of course, it's a talking point that people don't want to go back to work because they are getting unemployment here in Florida. Well, in Florida, first off, if you can get unemployment, which you have to go through more hoops than a circus dog, uh, and hopefully you get it you know, five, six months down the line once you get started, just getting $250 a month or getting an additional $300 a month isn't even enough to live on. <laughs> Bottom line, so it's not about uh, unemployment. It's about the fact that during this time, when people had to leave their jobs because things closed down, they actually found things that paid better. Or they can't go back to work because they have to pay for child care or something to that effect. Because if you have to pay for child care first, it really does temper as to what jobs you can take. Yeah. Or if you have to have a certain amount of money available for health care, that makes a difference as to what, what job you take. Also, if you, uh, you know, you guys spend uh, every seven months going to the doctor and paying $95 for a ring of rosin. And, you know, that takes a lot of money out of my pocket. Just saying. Oh, so that's true. I, I don't know. I, I often think if I, if I didn't use medical marijuana, I might be able to afford healthcare. <laughs> <laughs> but do you need healthcare if you have medical cannabis? No. Every once in a while you do. Every once in a while you do. Believe it or not. Uh, Karis does not cure everything, although it's interesting. Yeah. This one time I broke my arm and I just smoked a gun and it clicks a little bit, but it, it's a lot better now. And you kind of slap yourself for no reason every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, that, but that could be some of the other meds you were taking. <laughs> but the, 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 uh, the bottom line is the moral of the story is this invest in your employees and you'll get a good product. Get a good product. And you'll get faithful customers. Mm-hmm. Getting faithful customers means you will have enough money to run your business effectively with a profit, which you can give back to your stockholders. And so, what it comes down to, you, you treat your employees properly. 
they give back. And you not only give back to the corporation, they also give back to the patients. And that's why we have to start paying some attention to the to the good employees who work there. And I'm talking about the good employees. <laughs> there, are, there are always going to be bad employees. Uh, I, I love everybody out there, but not everybody is perfect. Here's, here's the thing, though, that, that becomes difficult. Quite honestly, a lot of the employees that moved that I thought that were good have left. <laughs> they just, you know, they, they need other jobs. I mean, like, they can't afford uh, living. Yeah, what's more is that we have somebody who's a really good employee, and they walk into your if somebody else walks into your store and they see how good they are, they tend to poach them. Yeah, yeah. And we're not talking about a scheme in the in the pan. We are actually talking about uh, taking them away to uh, another business. Uh, and that happens. That, that happened to me. So yeah, so you have what, to have is it uh, grow healthy or whatever? I'm not going not gonna to pinpoint any of my PCs right. in no, particular. Uh, <laughs> and you, you guys know who you are. But the fact is... It's okay. It's actually for the better. We're, we're talking to everybody right now. We're talking to everybody. Treat your good employees well. Pay them properly, and they will give back two and threefold. That is what it comes down to. And the patients need good product. And so if there's good employees doing the cultivation and processing and everything else, they will have greater access to a better product. And that is basically what the corporates... Bottom line should be a good product for a good profit for everybody. Good weed, good people. And that, yeah, exactly. So I, maybe it shouldn't be for me to help to teach corporate America how to, how to have empathy. Yeah. <laughs> but it's amazing how little it is out there sometimes. Well, you know, it's hard. Uh, you know, you can't please everybody. You're thinking about this country with employees, but like at the level that these MPCs are, they can start. Do you? I can't talk about nobody else. Do you have uh, the link for uh, Kano's new coalition? <coughs> Chris Kano, our executive director, who is out there above the beltway right now, who hurt his neck and he cannot look left right now, which is difficult for somebody. As uh, liberal as he is, uh, if he can't look up, there's no place that he wants to look. That's the way it is. But uh, I, I was being mean. I was like, "Dude, you ain't got to look left when you're on the podcast." Exactly. Get your ass on. Now, take a look at this, this right here. This is if you are an employee of a MMTC here in Florida and you're concerned about the conditions that you're having to work with. Contact us and give us some information. We organize the cannabis union. That is basically what, what, what our goal is, because we're trying to make things better for everybody, including the MMTCs. We must all gather together and join in the fights, for together we are strong. Wow. I got, I got chills on that one. For we are David and they are Goliath, and we will take down the lion. We are legion, for we are many. We will prosper <laughs> against corporate cannabis. I, mean, corporate, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I mean, <laughs> corporate cannabis, <laughs> corporate cannabis is, is not a bad thing. I mean, let, me, let me state this, because I, I got down. We will form this union. I was busy working on healthcare at the time, and I was totally disgusted over the fact that, that Scott had refused to expand uh, Medicaid. And uh, so that, that it, it was the time that I kind of shifted over here 
to uh, work on, 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 uh, on medical cannabis because it was something that was a dream of mine back in the, in the 70s and 80s where we said, said one day it's not going to be just a $25 fine in Ann Arbor for being able to, to, to have cannabis on you, but it will actually be legal. And I wasn't even thinking about medical at that point. I was just thinking, it makes perfect sense that there's all this alcohol and stuff out there. Why isn't cannabis legal? Because everybody's using it pretty much the same way. Mm. Although we know now this is actually safer than alcohol in a number of fashions. Although mm. you shouldn't drive impaired, people who are impaired with cannabis are usually actually safer than those on the, on the, on the road with alcohol. Mm-hmm. It was sad. Well, it, it, because it's all about you know the power of the id versus versus the ego. I have no idea what you're talking. <laughs> okay, I just get stoned flat. Okay, um, very briefly, the ego is a part of your brain that, that makes decisions <laughs> and critical thinking, and the id is your instinct and your drive, your fight or flight kind of situation. Uh-huh. Where, whereas alcohol increases the id, mm. cannabis increases the ego. It makes that, that, this, that critical thinking part of your brain start working so hard, sometimes you're actually thinking too much. And, and you don't want to make a decision. Have you ever noticed a stoner going up to a fast food uh, sign and trying to decide what they want for dinner? You see how long it takes? Oh, dude. That is, that is overthinking. And of course, if you're going to Taco Bell, you really should be doing more overthinking. Well, to be honest with you. Whenever I go to the, like, the gas station and get a drink, it's just, it's too much. It's too much. There's so many choices. Do I get an Arizona iced tea? Do I get juice? I can't drink soda. Maybe I should drink water. I'm so thirsty. I can't make a decision. There you go. But that's that, that's that's neither here nor there. But what we were talking about was the fact that corporate cannabis is not a bad thing if they keep in mind the true bottom line is customer satisfaction, access of the customer to the product, and and good employees to get you there. Mm. And I think we, we should, as an MBA, wouldn't you say that that, that should be the bottom line of corporations? Well, well, here's the reality though, Gary. In, in an ideal society, in an ideal capitalist society, which I advocate for, you are absolutely correct. We would all be competing against each other and we would be treating our employees right. Are you calling me a utopian? I, you, you, I, I'm calling you something. I don't know if it's a utopia. Let's go move to Walden Pond. There you go. But but it, but this isn't an, an ideal society because we have politicians that are corrupted by corporate cannabis right now. And corporate cannabis doesn't want to compete with anybody. And corporate cannabis can do whatever the fuck they want. And they can treat their employees how they want. And they can treat their patients how they want. So, but can they really? They can, though. They can. I mean, what, what, what stops you? Is it, is it ethics? Is it empathy? Is it the law? I, is, it, is it just nature? You, you know what? It's probably just the law. Because I think, you know, it's, it's, it's not a perfect world. People are typically bad. No, in a perfect world, you, you wouldn't have regulations on cameras. Yeah. But yeah, in a perfect world, you wouldn't have regulations on me. People would be just decent and nice to each other, and I could grow weed in my backyard. See, now Carlos just became a libertarian. Okay, I'm going to check that out in my bucket list. <laughs> That's not true, though, because I, I do feel that people are kind of shitty in general. This is why corporate cannabis is bad, because honestly, corporate cannabis is allowed to do whatever they want. They're not regulated. 
they make the regulations, they pay off the politicians that are supposed to be enforcing them. So, yeah. you know, I don't, and I don't, I don't have any specific proof for anything. All right. So, you know, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Well, but in, in economic theory, the, the truth is, is that we're made to believe that our system here in Florida is overregulated. But the truth is, is that they, they have the ability to lobby and change the laws and get in the pockets of the politicians. So they do whatever they want, and that's why the market's closed, and that's why they don't give a shit about anybody coming in there and shopping there. Shopping there, they don't give a shit, and anybody that works for them, they don't give a shit. So, uh, did you know that, that <clears throat> the whole concept that people are basically no good is a socialist concept? I didn't know that. In in, in uh, fiscal theory, they basically say that man is not good, and so therefore man needs to be regulated in order, you know, for him to be happy. Whereas capitalism says that man is basically good and able to make his own decisions because he has free will and normally makes the right decision. And so therefore, <clears throat> that, that, that's the basis of capitalism. People are basically good and basically smart enough to make their own decisions. And yet, uh, but that's also the, the argument that capitalists have against socialists is that, um, you know, people are bad. So the, if the government that's ran by people is in control of everything, then... Uh, you know, then uh, we'd end up in a totalitarian system instead of a socialist system, which is what I believe. <clears throat> totalitarianism is actually a political aspect and not a financial one. But that's besides. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that talks about who's in charge versus what the people are actually doing. So then what would I be talking about here? <sighs> well, what we're talking about is the power to the people. People have people have free will given to them by some unknown force in the sky. Right? <laughs> okay, just so you know, okay, for, for those who have free will for, for those who are just tuning sky. in, Carlos is, is somewhat of an atheist. I'm a hell of an atheist. How can you doesn't that contradictory when you say hell of an atheist? You don't believe in hell, so I don't understand that could possibly work. And I am a a secular person of the Mosaic persuasion uh, who who believes that uh, there is a a governing force that kind of puts us together. Uh And uh, and it's a benevolent force, but what it did is basically give us all free will so we can make all of our own mistakes. Uh And we see those mistakes every single day in the cannabis industry and what's going on in Israel right now, which I'm not going to get too heavily into because that's even a Google topic altogether. But suffice it to say, People are, are not good only because they choose not to be good at that point in time. We Everybody has a choice. So philosophical. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And I'm the one who's sober. <laughs> <laughs> so that works out. Now, we try to fix the system. We, we, do our, we do our very best. And especially here in Suncoast uh, Normal, we actually work with the legislatures. We actually wrote what, five, six uh, bills this last session. Obviously, they would do that. Yeah, but with the help of others. Okay. And, and try to push them forward, and yet we had corporate cannabis that was more interested in getting rid of the cap, and so therefore we didn't get very far. And we actually had a very good bill that actually protects employees so that you can't be uh, dismissed or not get your job for having a medical card. Mm-hmm. And that seems like a no-brainer to a lot of people, but it didn't even get a single committee hearing because no matter how good the concept, if it does not get some kind of support, sometimes it's a matter of financial support towards the candidate to push it forward, or do you just find somebody who has the empathy and the, and the emotional 
intelligence to move this thing forward. Now, I can tell you right now that sometimes things don't seem like they're necessarily pushing a financial aspect, but in Philadelphia this last year, this last week, the mayor signed a law prohibiting pre-employment drug screening for cannabis. Now, it, it, is that going to, to give uh, some corporation more money? Not necessarily, although it will give them better employees that are better to stay on the job. I know a lot of people who actually are back to work because of the fact that they have cannabis as a medicine. Otherwise, they would have been too sick to go to work. And these are good employees. And it's, it, it's important to, uh, to maintain that. I think that if we had gotten a, uh, an employee bill passed through this last year, it would actually increase the size of the registry. I mean, you folks out there who are watching right now, how many folks do you think have not gotten cards uh, because they are, are afraid of uh, having their name out there? And, and, if they, and they're afraid of that if they have a medical card, it might prevent their getting employment. A lot. A lot of So if that, it was not an issue anymore. They, if having a medical card has nothing to do with whether you have a job or not, uh, I think you'd see a lot more people on the registry. Mm-hmm. A substantial increase, and Florida right now, of course, is probably one of the most vibrant medical <coughs> uh, programs in the, the country. We have uh, 560,000 uh, patients here, which makes it one of the largest base, uh, patient bases, probably besides California, in the entire country. The, and yet, we still have a lot farther to go. It's only two percent of the population. And well, the point is, is to to have all these people on the registry to open up more. Uh, more licenses, but they still haven't given out the licenses. Yeah, why do you how, think that is? How many licenses are they supposed to have out? We should have approximately 35 right now. But we have 22, and, and five or six of them are sitting there doing nothing right now. Ah. And some of them are waiting They're waiting for adult use. So they see what essentially there, should, there could be 13 entities in the state that would be operating selling cannabis, but... Yeah, and having only 13 licenses in a state of 22 million people mm. is just not sufficient, even just for a medical program. Of course, if you're talking about an adult use program, most definitely that would not cover the situation. Mm. And there's some simple concepts that, that, that some folks are, are not cognizant of, which is basically if an MTC has a lot of dispensaries but not enough product to cover those dispensaries, mm. then there's a... Uh, Deficiency that needs to be worked on before they continue expanding. Oh. That 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 is what I call the being, being Boston marketed out. You familiar with Boston Market? You remember that? Yeah, that shipping place. I, I I would get a turkey carver and that spinach. Oh my God! There was at one point in time thousands of Boston markets all over the country, and they kept on growing and growing and growing until you had <clears throat> you know Boston markets across the street from each other, like Starbucks. Mac and cheese whenever I wanted. Exactly, and they just blew themselves up. And roasted potatoes. They 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 weren't they weren't properly supplying their, uh, their their stores, and there were so many of them that they just diluted the market to the point where they just didn't have a market anymore. So now there's like 143 all across the, the entire country. Well, actually, one or two in in, California, in Florida. Fortunately, one is just like two blocks away from us. And Carlos's soul has been saved. Mm-hmm. I go there. I pray there. You can go. I don't believe in God. <laughs> well, we'll we'll discuss another issue. Okay, it's really But there's there's definitely deficiencies in obviously in Florida's program. One of which is not enough licenses. Another one is lack of a social equity program. 
Mm-hmm. And that is to make certain the people who had been adversely affected by the war on drugs get have access to be a part of this industry, especially since a lot of them are dealing with the effects of the war on drugs that has basically crippled their entire lives. Mm-hmm. We actually had a, an expungement bill that actually went forward trying to get rid of some of those old charges for possession through a, nothing more than just a destroyer. It never you know, didn't a, a, make anything better for anybody. Yeah, I just well, we couldn't get it through. I just want to relate two things that you just talked about, man. There's not enough licenses and not enough capacities for some of these places, man. So, um, like, they, they can't handle the demand. So, I mean, that just, that tells me right there that shit's fucked. Well, somebody told me it was actually a matter of scarcity, and you're familiar with that concept. Mm-hmm. Scarcity equals higher price. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all, all a matter of supply and demand. If you have a product which is in high in demand, but very low in supply, the price goes up. Mm-hmm. But is that really what Florida needs, is higher priced products? Nope. It's too goddamn expensive. People are going to the black market and buying Delta 8 at CBD stores, like showing them at 17, 14, 17. And the rent is too damn high. And rent's goddamn high. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we, if you, you go ahead and compare prices across the country, you will see that Florida tends to have higher prices than some of the other states. Yeah. Uh, in my, my native state of Michigan, when we go to the provisioners up there, the prices are ultimately lower mm-hmm. across the board. And of course, they also have retail stores that have like all the brands in one, in one place. Well, you have to go all across to five or six different dispensaries to get five or six different brands you want, mm-hmm. which, which is kind of nice. But when, and we're Florida, we'll get to there eventually, but not the way we are right now. Not the way the, uh, the program is currently set up. We need to have retail uh, stores that are horizontals, and we need to have uh, obviously more licenses. Uh, we were we were supposed to have gotten four new licenses for every one hundred thousand new patients on the registry. Well, the, the two hundred thousand folks, well, that kind of went towards the ones that the governor gave away to the losers of the first uh, application process. Many of which were not qualified to even grow the stuff in the first place, and and basically ended up selling their licenses. Mm. And they're still in the process of doing that. And hopefully the, the right people will buy those licenses, then we'll have good products and things of that sort moving forward. So I'm being an optimist as far as that's concerned. But the fact is we're still missing a lot of licenses which have already should have already been given out by this time. Mm. Why did we miss the 300,000 mark, 400,000, 500,000 mark? Those, they, those people should, should have generated new licenses for the state of Florida but they're not being given out. And they're not even even making a motion towards that. And you have to ask yourself why. If that's actually in the law, why are they not obeying the law? Why are they not obeying their own rules and regulations and putting these things out? And of course, there's one license still from the very beginning, which was supposed to be given out to the Black Farmers Association, the people in the Pigford class. And that hasn't been given out because of a lawsuit from a person who is actually indigenous and is actually living on sovereign land. So it doesn't make much sense as far as that's concerned. And that is what social equity programs across the country are trying to do. New York has even said that as they move forward with an adult use market, that half of those licenses are going to be social equity applicants. Half. Hmm. And yet the minority entrepreneurs right now face a huge uphill battle to, uh, to enter into the market. And the one, of course, is cost. And the two, of course, in many instances, because these are the people who were uh, adversely affected by the war on drugs, they have records that they have to, uh, to worry about because it does block them from getting access to, uh, to businesses and things of that sort. And so we, got, we have to fix it. 
but we're not doing it before. And we need to, we need to get started. I mean, we are really behind the rest of the country as far as that particular aspect is concerned. And that would, that would be a good thing. I mean, there, I'll grant you that there is a one dispensary who is coming in soon. Uh, Cookies, who bought per Perkins Tree Farm, is still trying to get a dispensary up and running in South Beach, oh. where all the locals don't go to. And uh, it's run by Burner, who is a uh, who is a rap artist from California. He's a Hispanic. He's an Hispanic band, I believe. And they're talking about this being the, the first major uh, minority-owned dispensary. But let's you know I. I love Burner. I think he's got a fantastic marketing approach to things, and some of the stores he put together are absolutely fantastic. But to say that he, that he in particular was one of the people who was adversely affected by the, by the war on drugs, he's doing quite well for himself. Yeah, you know, I mean, we we don't we don't need to judge. Maybe he's like the first person in his family to to do well. I don't really listen to his music. I know his brand. I'm not a big fan of his rapping. I'm still not even up to, to power on uh, smashing pumpkins yet. So they, they take pumpkins and they smash them with guitars. That's what I believe. By the way, speaking and of chili peppers, those guys are red hot. Absolutely. Anyway, <laughs> we, we do have an event coming up. Our, our member for our membership meeting uh, is coming up in the, in July, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. We have the event at Crowley coming up in July. I need to look all this up. Hold, hold, hold on, keep talking about stuff. Okay. <laughs> yeah, every once in a while, we here in Sun uh, Coast Normal get together with our members and, and giving them the 411 and the 911 about what's going on as far as what we could possibly do. And I think one of the aspects we need to start working on right now is uh, talking about what which candidates are starting to come into play as far as what is the what the next election is going to look like. And we actually do have some very pro-cannabis candidates uh, actually coming into, into play here, both in the governor's office as well as the House and the Senate. And we'll be talking about these folks as, as we move forward because these are the people who will be representing you and these are the people who will be hopefully be moving the, this, uh, these bills forward as opposed to letting them die in committee, which is what happened this last year. Okay, so the Suncoast Normal Member Meeting will be Thursday, May 27th at 7 p.m. It is a free online event. You can go ahead and go onto our website and uh, sign up. We'll, uh, we'll get you on Zoom, and uh, you'll be able to join us for free. Yes. You'll be able to do all the things this guy just said. And we can talk politicking. We can talk <laughs> politicking. And, and, and what we could do in the state of Florida, and I'm now, of course, because it's still federal, we can, we can basically only change the Florida laws here. But there are some things we can do nationally as well, because we are working to get national laws put forward, and that'll make things a lot easier, especially if we can transfer products across state lines, either both as consumers and also as MMTCs, so they could actually join together all their properties to, to do things across the country. So we, we'll be working on, on national issues as well as state ones. And we also have an event coming up uh, this summer. Yes. It's a 710-ish event. We haven't we haven't put any marketing out about it, but it's going to be at Crowbar in Ybor City. It's going to be Suncoast Normal's Got Talents. It's going to be on in July. I think it's July 20th. And, and we're talking like music and, and magic and yeah, marijuana. We, uh, you know, we have a... We're gonna have a couple of different acts up there. It's actually like the we're it's very much still in the planning stages. We probably shouldn't 
be talking about it right now. Well, if it's but, did I take back everything I said? No, don't take back everything. You already gave it to them. Okay. You can't do that. What do I have, baby? Anyways, so, no, we're going to have a, a talent show, basically. So it's going to be called Suncoast Normal's Got Talents. And um, we're going to be judging uh, different talent acts. Oh, and so, so you're, you're, you are going to be judgmental. And I'm very judgmental, always. Anyways. Carlos was also one of our great judges, also for our, our block ruling contest. Mm. No, I didn't. I just kind of like walked around and like got really high and, and <laughs> antagonized the people that were ruling the blunts. In other words, Friday. <laughs> My whole life. But the, the point of our member meeting is for us to get together. And if you, again, want to be part of this, it would help you become a member, wouldn't it? Yes, sir. We are membership-driven, and we believe that with a, with a proper grassroots movement, we can move the politics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because we will, we will find the representatives and the senators actually have empathy. Your money goes to a good, good place. You know, we, we get out there, we actually mix it up with the politicians, we talk to them, we try to sway their opinions and whatnot. You know, it's this guy. Actually, when I say we, it's mostly that guy right there. That guy. Well, we and Gary, if you're listening, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but <laughs> but uh, that, that's the thing, though, is that uh, that money goes to a good cause. None of it, you know, none of it is is for payment for us or going to any type of, of company or anything like that. It's simply we take whatever little money we have and we try to put it towards reform. So uh, this guy gets up there and he, he writes bills and. Um, tries to talk to politicians and tries to get them to endorse different things and um, does a hell of a job, do a hell of a job. And, uh, you know, uh, the, that's how you can support him. You can become a member. It's $25 and it's not like you don't get anything. You know, you get this cool little pin here that Gary has. It's a gold leaf lapel pin. And uh, you also get a uh, access to Suncoast Normal events and uh, access to our online portal that uh, provides different messaging platforms amongst members so we can organize. And, and a normal card. And if you want one of these masks, we're almost out. Or are we out? We've got like five. <laughs> but um, you also get a membership card. Yeah, that's and right. That membership card allows you 25% off here at Chillin' Blast Gallery and CBD Dispensary. So if you want killer glass, you want uh, you know cool end products or anything like that, you can come here. And next session is going to be normal. We're actually going to have the Capitol building open again, thanks to uh, the vaccine and everything out there. So we will be getting a lot more accomplished, and we're starting now. Mm -hmm. I mean, the session is, is, is practically a year away, but uh, we are starting now to, to get things going, get things moving. We want to get these bills actually passed. We want to fix the program and start moving on, on a more stable ground because Florida can do so, so much better than what we're doing right now. And if you're not sure about joining, join, join us for the membership meeting. It's free. It's online. You can do it at home. And, you know, if you don't get enough of us on the podcast, you can get a lot of us there. And maybe if Carlos is not looking, I will go ahead and tell you my revised version of the story of Adam and Eve, which I think is very important. If you, 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 you big fans I, of Genesis and how I, things didn't quite work out. I'm ending the show right now. It was amazing. If everyone wanted to end this show early, I just start talking about religion and Carlos just shut down. I don't know what it is. I'm shutting it down right now. All right. <laughs> mm hmm. Oh, yeah.
This has been The Rotation, and you have been a part of it. You can be a bigger part of it by joining Suncoast Normal. Suncoast Normal is an organization that can help you make the change that we all need. Go to the Suncoast Normal website and become a member, because that is how you become part of the change. You can find The Rotation podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes. But you can always join us in the rotation at suncoastnormal.org. At that very website, you can join the cannabis movement by becoming a member of Suncoast Normal, gain access to cannabis events, cannabis info, Normal's legal network, and even a free membership to National, all by joining Suncoast Normal. That website, again, is suncoastnorml.org. You can also find us on social media at Suncoast Normal. Uh, Find us on both Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you, Gary. And good night. Good night.